0: What they don't tell you about a wet t-shirt contest. First, they don't tell you it takes pleading. Come on, blondie, shouts the stout man into the microphone as he points to the middle of the crowd. Come up, show your boyfriend what you got. Some woman you hadn't noticed shakes her head, folds her arms. No way in hell. Whiskey labels are branded into driftwood. Beer and sand stick to the floor. The walls are beams and open air. Plastic curtains are rolled up, their strings wafting inward from the Atlantic. Inside is out, and that, for you, is the best part about a wet t-shirt contest in Key West. The place is throbbing with the kind of people you'd find at a college party that you would not yourself attend. They have filled themselves with liquor, now sweated out of their pores and into the Floridian midnight, but that's not the issue. You, too, have invested $8 in a plastic cup of 190-octane a mix of orange slushy and grain alcohol, potent enough to tank you for the rest of the evening. The issue, they, the eighty or so, standing before the stage, awaiting the show, are all extroversion and impulse, riding waves of euphoria, squealing and shouting shit that your women's studies professor has you mentally critiquing. "'Bring on the bitches!' says a skinny blonde, and because she's hating on her fellow woman, you then think, "'Bitch!' The irony throws you into reverse. Rethink, rehash, what just happened there? But this is not a scene for the pensive. That's one thing they don't even have to tell you about a wet t-shirt contest. Your friends know better than to overthink. Fifteen minutes ago, the two of them disappeared, hand in hand, behind the stage. They are two of only four contestants who said yes and will now vie for the prize money and free tequila. But women don't really do this for the cash or the booze. Let's do it, said your wild, dark-haired friend. We'll call her Deb. I'll do it if you do it, said your friend who loves to follow in Deb's footsteps. The other friend is blonde. We'll call her Alexa. These are good women. People back at college also say that these women know how to have a good time. People would not say this about you. People have said you think too much. Your women's studies professor had small breasts and no waist. Her torso was a tree trunk. She also had pox across her cheeks, the scars of adolescent acne. All semester, you found yourself fixated on her appearance, even as she facilitated discussions about gender expectations and the unnaturalness of the ideal body image. The irony did not escape you, nor have the feminist lenses you now wear like your wire-rimmed glasses. The ones some boys in a hot tub yanked off your face earlier today. They said you looked like a librarian. The crowd is waiting. The people around you grin. They woohoo! They guzzle from sweaty long neck bottles. And if they are opposite sexes, they get close and shout into each other's ears and find reasons to touch. And if they are men, they nudge sides or stand shoulder to shoulder like brigade buddies. "'And if they're women, they say, "'Your hair looks so good like that.' "'But the glints in at least some "'of their mascara eyes say, "'There is a thorn in me somewhere, "'a claw caught in the skin of me, "'a flaw, an itch, a sore, "'and I swear to God, if I can, "'I will find a way to remove it "'and put it somehow in you. "'Shit, drinking has made you hanker "'for a circle of ten people.' And a guitar and some bongos and a coffee table book of Rene Magritte. See, the dove is there, but not there. You are still trying to wear the artist persona you hope will someday become your skin. Why would Artiste go on spring break to Key West to feign herself in Ernestina Hemingway? But you forwent the seven dollar admission fee to Hemingway's house in favor of another 190 octane. Woohoo! Spring break! You want to prove you can hack it here. Can be unabashedly fun and impulsive spring break? Why, yes, let me just grab my tube top. But no, you could not bring yourself to join your friends. They said, come on, it'll be fun, and you scowled, said, absolutely not, said the words objectify and female body image, and they left you giddy as children running towards some amusement ride. One thing they don't tell you about a wet t-shirt contest is that the one who wins will not be wearing a t-shirt. But we'll get to that. Round one, the first contestant is not your friend. She has tied one white, tattered cotton strip around her hips to make a sarong, and another across her breasts for a makeshift bandeau. It's very Jane of the Jungle meets Haines commercial. Her bandeau is wet, and the faint brown circles of her nipples show through the fabric. As will the nipples of the other three women. Brown nipples visible through the soaked veil of cotton will be in a matter of minutes old hat, to this crowd. Your friends come out together, contestants two and three. Let's give it up for Deb and Alexa, hollers the chubby MC, even though Deb and Alexa are the ones doing the giving up. They look at e- they look at each other awkwardly and giggle, wearing the same get-up as contestant one. Dance music is playing and they gyrate to the beat. Alexa pauses and looks at Deb, whose hands are now up above her head and whose eyes are closed, feeling the rhythm. Alexa follows her lead. They bump butts, they grind, they giggle at the absurdity. Their time is up. Exit stage left. But in the second round, gyrating women in t-shirt scraps can't cut it. The crowd eggs contestant one on. Take it off! Do it! Show us your tits! A tall force jabs a rib beneath your black tube top. Why isn't it that you up there? he asks. And you know you'd cringe more if his accent weren't Australian. He's won your interest with internationalism. You look up. He's oafy, bold-featured, but not entirely unattractive. Or maybe that's the grain alcohol. Me? You wear glasses and an A-cup. Yeah, you should be up there. It doesn't dawn on you that every guy standing next to any girl is nudging her rib, telling her she, too, should be dancing half-naked on stage. It does dawn on you that you are semi-flattered by this remark and semi-disgusted, or maybe semi-disgusted by your flattery. But mostly you feel too buzzed to feel, so maybe that 190 octane is shutting down your faculties, after all. She takes it off, lifts the bandeau over her head. Her breasts are natural, so they droop like pears on a tree. Will a baby suck them one day? Men all around you shout, Yeah! And woo! Primal yawps for the ancient shape. The women you shared late-night pizzas with are now back to gyrating, bumping, and grinding in pseudo-lesbian leisure, but the stakes have been raised. One thing they don't tell you about a wet-disher contest is that there is a formula for winning, apparently, and it has very little to do. You're learning with the size of breasts. Both your friends are barely B-cups. If they want to survive, they need to match contestant one in bearing their breasts. Deb dances toward Alexa licks her faint cleavage, then bites down on Alexa's bandeau, shimmies it to her belly. Alexa's eyes widen. Is it revenge or compliance when she does the same to Deb? Possibly both. The crowd applauds the handless two-first drip tees. Those are my friends, you tell the Aussie. Because Contestant Four also bears her boobs. Everything's even in the final round. What's next? The crowd starts shouting, Skin to win! Skin to win. Contestant one says no. Breasts are all she'll give. Your friends refuse to. Contestant four is clearly the drunkest, stumbling now instead of dancing. Dizzy. What they don't tell you about a wet t-shirt contest is that some dude backstage is in charge of dripping free vodka down the women's throats, straight from the bottle. Liquid rushing so fast they gag. The strip is quick, a knot untied from her hip, and the crude white skirt is a flag in her hand. Surrender, she's bare. The starkness, the body coarse and unsexed, it's shocking. No tantalizing peekaboo, no, don't you just want to? No armor on this skin but air. Her breasts are papaya shaped utilitarian things, her pubic hair a brown, well trimmed V. Flat footed. She stands there, arms at her sides, palms facing the crowd like she offers a prophecy, like the words from a tablet are written upon them. And this, this is the strangest thing they'll never tell you about a wet t-shirt contest. That when all is stripped and torn, when the very drunk, slippery, wet winner wavers on the stage, butt naked, there's the briefest hush in the air, a sort of collective shock that you'd all brought her to this, to the edge of somewhere you didn't quite mean to go. Naked, yes, but she is more than that. Her limbs glimmer like the infant in the photo each crowd member's mother still keeps. My son, when he was just a wee thing, it's some kind of rawness reminding you, all of you, of how you began or how you'll end up. As God made you, someone religious might say, it couldn't be further from sexy. Any mention of God will kill the mood of a wet t-shirt contest. They don't have to tell you that. You're back to thinking too much. So, after the completely naked one throws her arms into the air, shimmies down an imaginary pole, is declared the first prize girl, and after the overweight MC sticks an adhesive-backed blue ribbon to her collarbone, And after she stands there wobbly but adorned and basking in her applause, cups of grain alcohol and slushy hailed in the name of nudity, you make out with the Aussie. Look how much fun you're having, how much fun you're being. And then you find Deb, petite, feisty Deb, toppling chairs behind the stage and screaming at no one in particular, wearing nothing but a tank top and a thong, Because it turns out someone stole her white capris while she was on the stage and she wants them back. God damn it, she wants them back.